the slower you go, the more you connect, the faster you are going to manifest, even if you didn't do all of the workshops yet. So be patient with yourself and lean into it and go through it with ease. Welcome to The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you're calling in. Therefore, you're tuning into this podcast series to show your subconscious that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. Welcome back to another week. And whoa, (laughs) anybody who saw my Instagram takeover last Sunday, I popped on really quick to talk about shadow because boy, has it been coming up for me. And it was a resounding 97% with 20,000 of you who have engaged that also are dealing with shadow. And it's so funny because we started this new texting service. I talked about it a few episodes ago. If you don't know about it, it's totally free. And it's basically where we send you tips. We send you reminders for things like unblocked full moon or tips of, for instance, last week we sent one from our psychological astrologer, Danny Beinstein. We had asked her the day Mercury went retrograde, what should we all be focusing on right now? And then we text that tip out to you. And she said, it's a great time to focus on shadow. (laughs) And, And I got the text and I was like, oh yeah, that's great for everybody else. I'm totally fine right now. And then by Friday, whoa, like I didn't sleep for two nights over the weekend. So much old shadow has been really rearing its head for me. And I don't know if it's hormonal, why it's really coming up right now for me, or if it's simply, it's like old resentments have presented themselves and nothing's been happening particularly overtly. It's just this feeling. It's these old loops that are subconsciously really rearing their heads that I thought were totally addressed. But clearly my next evolution that I needed to work with and need to continue working with, because the only reason why we're ever presented with mirrors like that is that we've been calling in something greater and bigger. And literally the universe is generous enough to show us exactly where our blocks are by how we're triggered or by the tests that are showing up in our lives of what we need to work on in order to unblock, expand out of, and literally move to the next level, meaning the vibration, for lack of a better word, our self-worth in alignment with the self-worth of what we're calling in, just totally energetics. So I did a little takeover and it was crazy how many of you have been also experiencing that. So I just want to say, take really good care of yourself right now. Be gentle. It's collective. Many of us are going through it by now. If you hadn't been, you may experience it. But the two ways that I've been tackling it, number one, inside of the DRE, I've been doing the shadow and inner child, deep imagining, or For somebody who really feels like it's super strong and maybe they can't quite pin it down in that one day exercise, going back through unblocked shadow is really key. And this is the optimal time. It's also so festive in a weird way because the veil is so thin. I don't know if you have been feeling that. I don't talk as woo-woo as I used to on here, but for me, the veil is so, so thin. This entire month I've been feeling it. I've been seeing spirits, feeling them everywhere, dreaming about them. And I've just been having these really remarkable feelings of being really one with source, pure love, pure happiness when I'm not triggered. (laughs) So that, you know, when they say the veil is very thin during this time, it means you're just a lot more connected to the spirit world. So it's a beautiful time to be getting help from the spirit world to address this, whether you're calling in your guides, ancestors, 
And of course, we have the festivities coming at the end of the month. So Shadow is a fun one. On that note, if you haven't already, certainly sign up for the texting. The number is one 213 Again, that's one 213 Or you can find it in the show notes directly below. And why it's really cool to be a part of the texting service, again, totally free. We've done this completely for you because... Dr. Tara told us that one of the very important steps to overriding old loops is accountability. So we really shot around, like, how can we really show up to give you more accountability? And that's us sending you things like tips, when to do unblock full moon, reminders, what's going on in the celestial world, (laughs) and just really, really helping to guide you in the right direction. Now getting into today's episode, I'm really excited for this one. We were kind of looking at the numbers and the feedback, and it looks like you really, really enjoyed the Ask Me Anything episode with Jessica and I. And we thought, hey, so many of you are getting to know the team now. You're super curious about a lot of the things that the team heads up or their expertise and just generally how they approach this work. So today's episode is a behind the scenes with the team. You sent in all your questions and they answered them. You'll be joining Grace, our marketing director. She's the Aries on the team that just is really the whiz and the mastermind. It's really actually problematic when you get us on a call, the two of us. (laughs) It's where the team starts to get a big eye roll because we just start coming up with idea after idea to make this really fun. And how can we make this a better experience for every user, more engaged? How can we send more support? And the rest of the team's like, cool, who's going to map this all out and carry it out? You know, like, great. So... You have Grace, who has the great ideas, and she does so much more behind the scenes for the company. And she's been really insightful along the way in these episodes of giving great entrepreneurial advice and much more. You also have Jessica. She's our podcast and media production manager, also the co-host of this podcast. You hear her often. And she has been really remarkable. I mean, it's a startup, so we all wear many hats. The team is is really who you have to thank for everything that you're receiving these days to take your work deeper, support you more, show up however we can. And one really big thing that Jessica has been facilitating is this new daily practice. She's probably the most science curious and enthusiastic. So she works directly with Dr. Tara of how she can make the reprogramming and reinforcing experience even more effective for you. Number one, as a user who uses it daily herself, and number two, as somebody who used to be just a regular pathway member and sort of the hiccups she would come across. So she's been really instrumental in that recently. And then you have Antoinette, who's our community experience specialist. You got to hear her great podcast episode with Atara not so long ago where they went through her process. She's amazing. I love her so much. (laughs) I feel like we share a lot of commonalities. Even just over the weekend, she sent me this beautiful photo on Instagram in Europe of the snow and a train going through it. And we were both just dreaming of what it would be like to just have true, proper, beautiful fall moving into the winter. So I would call her as romantic as I am about many things in life. And then she's the person that you interact with the most often in the brand. Not only do the Pathway members interact with her daily in our community group, but you also interact with her on social media. She's the person who is basically responding to most of the social media DMs and comments, anything of the like. So it'll be great to hear her perspective. And then, of course, you have Atara, who you have heard on here multiple times. He is one of our TBM coaches, side by side with Amanda, Sawa, and Heather. He's been massively instrumental on the other great things that I cannot wait to announce that we're going to be releasing in late November. And he has been huge at helping us reformat everything because he has a great eye for it, a great mind for it. You know that from hearing his process episode When it comes to this work directly, having been a very dedicated Pathway member before becoming a coach. And so his perspective is fantastic. I mean, I probably don't have to even speak more on that because each time I even hear an episode, I'm taking notes and being like, oh, I have to try that the way Atara says it. So 
He will be a fantastic perspective on this behind the scenes. You all sent in your questions and you get to hear their answers. They also talk about their own journeys with this work, their career paths, and then answered your manifestation questions with some great insights on the energetics at play. And then you can find all the previous episodes they've been in linked below. I think this is a really fun episode if you've ever been super curious at the behind the scenes of the team, somebody who's a dedicated pathway member to this work, somebody who's been through not being able to manifest to manifesting. I really think there's something for everybody in this episode. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Expanded. It's Jessica here. I am so excited today because we were talking internally and we get so many questions as a team of, you know, how we work through the manifestation work and just our insight and background and all of the things with manifestation. And so we decided to do a BTS, which stands for Behind the Scenes of the To Be Magnetic team. So today we have Grace, Antoinette, Atara, and myself. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> Thanks. So excited to be here. Woohoo. Okay, so let's jump around and just cover who everyone is, what we do here, and what our favorite part of our role at TBM is. I'll go first. I'm Antoinette Johnson, and I'm the Community Experience Specialist. And the favorite part of my role is interacting with all of our Pathway members within our Pathway community group on Mighty Networks. Amazing. I'm Atara. I'm one of the coaches here. And I've been on the podcast a couple of times. And my favorite part of my job is just getting to help people navigate through this work and tailor it to themselves and getting to see the results in real time has been just the most magical part. And I'm Grace Abbott. I am the marketing director here at To Be Magnetic. And I've been with the company for a while. So I've had a lot of different jobs here and worn a lot of different hats. And that's something that I really love. So that's a favorite part of my job is being able to have my hands in so many pots and test and learn on so many cool new projects and initiatives that we're doing as a team. And I'm Jessica, as you guys know, podcast and media production manager. Yeah, I mean, kind of similar in what Grace is saying is I feel like I get to have my hands in a lot of different things, uh, whether that's podcast, other media stuff, workshop stuff, just overall team growth and strategy, which is a really cool thing to explore and work in as well. All right. So let's go through some of these questions. Thank you, everyone. We didn't ask me anything on Instagram. Be sure to check out our Instagram. I don't know if all of our podcast listeners tune into our Instagram, but we share so much insight there and tips and lessons and all of that. So make sure to check that out. But we didn't ask me anything from there. And so we pulled questions to answer for you guys today. So what inspires you and what do you feel is most magical about your days? I'll go first. What inspires me is honestly just being able to reflect back on how much I've changed over these past few years. And every day I kind of look for an opportunity for expansion. And I've really learned to tailor my day around my authentic code, which I implement all four aspects every single day. And I've begun framing my life to be exactly as I want it to be. And that's always the base level of my existence. And that's a very magical space to be in. Yeah, I guess what inspires me about my day is getting to connect with so many amazing like-minded people, whether it's my team members, the coaches, I feel like the friends I've manifested in my life recently I have wonderful neighbors, like everybody's sort of on the same wavelength. And so I feel like I have a lot of deep, connected conversations that are always helping me discover new things about myself or other people. So I've been really excited about all the new connections I've been making recently. Yeah. And just for context, Grace, you moved out to Los Angeles this past year, right before COVID hit. So it was like such a cool manifestation to have come through right before all of this stuff happened, and then to connect with so many people, even while we're during a pandemic, which is awesome. Yeah, everybody's always like, it's so hard to make friends in LA. But honestly, I've never had more friends or community than during this time. So it's really cool to 
sort of see all these new people pop up in my life during a time that feels like we're so isolated. So it was a real manifestation. And Antoinette, what about you? Well, I was just going to piggyback off of what Grace was saying and that being inspired by like my team. And that's something that I was wanting when I was manifesting this job is like having people who are so expansive and so supportive and like learning from our community, like what everyone's really going through. And I found that, you know, we have like such an amazing, supportive, sensitive, yet empowering community. So I learn from them every day, just being um, within our community group and on Mighty Networks and feeling so expanded by it all every single day. Expansion is a part of my authentic code, which is why I really lean into that. I love that. All of yours is like connection and yourself. Mine's like, I like when I have really good meditations. <laughs> like mine is a lot more simplistic right now, at least. I think the most magical thing is I've been having like really, really good like DIs, especially doing reinforcing ones or even just like long meditations, listening to binaural beats. I'm like able to go into like another scene and scenario and it feels really cool and comforting. So I'm, I'm inspired by my meditations. I love that. Listen, so that's a huge part of my day too. And, and I am too. So I'm right there with you. Okay. So one question we got asked a lot was how did we each find our unique career path with TBM? What were we doing prior? Just a little background on how we got to this company. Yeah, I can start on that one. So I had a lot of experience at startups and branding agencies. And at some point I realized that, you know, I could make more money and have more freedom if I just quit my job and started my own freelance business. So a couple years ago, I went totally freelance and started getting my own clients. And at the time, Lacey had a small blog and I reached out to her and I said, Hey, do you need help with graphic design? So that was sort of how I started working at the company now, just like very small scale as a graphic designer. And then, you know, I took on a little bit of strategy and then I did the rebrand and I really grew through every position you could, you know, to sort of get to where I am now and, and get the company to a place that it is now. So over the last few years, I had had other clients alongside, you know, helping Lacey with graphic design or marketing or whatever it was. And then it's grown into, you know, a full-time position and like a really legitimate company now. So it's been so cool to watch everything unfold. And I think, you know, the company's growth sort of mirrored my own career growth as, you know, I grew my own freelance business and then ultimately was able to grow the company in a place where it could be something full-time for everyone. Yeah, you were even before I had thought about even working with the company, you were I was like looking to you through you were on an older episode of Expanded, you know, probably like the first year of the podcast. And I was like, oh, she's so business savvy and so in her worth in like abundance and not in lack. Like I could just hear it from whatever you were sharing. I remember thinking like, oh, this is a great business expander. Oh, yeah, thanks. I'm so glad that resonated. And I've had so many community members reach out to me too with questions or for projects in the past. So it's really been an amazing community. And I think, you know, the fact that we all speak the same language around career and lack and, you know, we have sort of an energetic code around our career trajectory is really cool. And what about you guys? So I, my career path is like really all over the place. I started working for um, buying jewelry designers, which was a smaller company and worked within sales and my backgrounds in marketing and a concentration in sales. And I was selling like thousand dollar pieces to people and wanted to make more money. So then I got into a more lucrative industry that was just very demanding of me. And I found this work a year and a half ago, maybe two years now, and really started diving into it last year and really stumbled upon it. I think I DM'd you all and I was like, hey, is there a position available? Yeah, I responded to you. Oh, I yes, remember. exactly. <laughs> I just felt the ping um, and being like, let me reach out to this company. And I reached out once before, I believe or applied for a position once before and it really didn't work out. And so this time I circled back around and it just fit perfectly. And my story, I'm going to majorly nutshell because I talked about it a little bit in the podcast already, but it was really interesting because I started doing this work 
I guess like two and a half years ago. And a friend of a friend randomly reached out to me when Lacey was doing the speaking tour. And I'd wanted to go, but at the time we just didn't have the money because my partner had medical bills and stuff coming in. So this person randomly offered me a free ticket and I sat in the front And I remember Lacey came down the stairs and she was doing the intro and she looked at me and was like, oh my God, you're here. And I like kind of looked around to see like who she was talking to. (laughs) And she was talking to me and I was like, oh, wow. Like that, it was like a really nice, strange moment for me. And then Heather got called up and talked about doing the podcast at that same speaking tour night. And I went in my car and I was like, I'm going to do the podcast. And I just went home, didn't hear anything for a while. And then I got a message from Jessica weeks and weeks later saying, I just got a ping and I'd love for you to be on the podcast. So I came onto the podcast and I saw that they were doing coaching and I went to go send a message again through Instagram saying, hey, I would love to be a part of this if you guys expand on this. And I was sitting next to my husband. I just looked at him and I was like, this feels a little desperate. So I'm actually not going to send this. And then I ended up talking to Jessica 48 hours later, and I was asked to be a coach. So it just kind of happened very organically. And I'm still a musician. I'm still do tons of creative endeavors in my time when I'm not doing this work. And yeah, that's how I got here. I love that story so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was so interesting because like Lacey, you know, had interacted with you through Instagram. And I think that's how she sort of recognized you at the speaking tour. And it's so funny because I think she has such a gut instinct with people for hiring and all of those things. And she kind of knew like you were going to be a process guest. And it was just like, okay, when does it fit in the schedule? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, this month feels good. We'll have a Tara on. And then for coaching, it was so kismet. You like made a joke of like, ha, it could be the first male coach. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're the first male coach. Where is this happening? (laughs) It was so kismet and aligned. I know. I always tell Jessica she's my fairy godmother. (laughs) Oh, so cute. And yeah, so I think you guys have probably heard my my background on the other Ask Me Anything I did with Lacey, but, you know, have worked in television and film and... Yeah, it just had like this kind of transformation, bridging the gap between sort of the self-help world and the production world. And this was like such an incredible fit. And one other thing, I don't remember if I shared it in the other episode, but I had such a strong ping like probably seven months before I started working for TBM of creating my own podcast. And I like ignored it. And I was like, oh, this is, how is this going to make me money? Like, I don't want to do ads, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever, follow the ping, just listen to it. And I did it, produced it, edited everything, graphics, the whole shebang myself. So I really like got in the flow of like, what does it require and what do you need and all of these things. And I picked it up really quickly and was able to use all of my like editing and interviewing skills from film and television to apply it towards podcasting. And then a podcasting position opened at TBM. And it was just like, oh, this is why I got the ping to do my own podcast. So I'd have the specific skill set. And that's what made you like the most appealing candidate. Like I remember interviewing for that position and the fact that you could do everything in terms of like you had recorded podcasts, you knew how to get guests, you were well-spoken, you could edit them, you had set up your own website, you'd made the graphics. I was like, this is the perfect person because we're such a scrappy team. And I so admire people that want to do something. And then instead of waiting for someone else to give them an opportunity, they do it themselves. So Everybody should learn from Jessica there. Like if you're interested in something and have the thing, like that's going to help you get the job. A hundred percent. And there were so many times where I was like, well, this isn't bringing me direct financial income. And that's what I was like looking for. But you got to trust your gut because it was such like a who knows where this can lead. And there's so many things, skill sets that even you're learning along the way. So highly recommend following those pings. Speaking of which, what is the biggest block that you have worked through with the work? Yeah, the biggest block that I've had to work through is myself. And that's always the way that I'm tested. It's always around self-worth because I spent so much of my life shrinking for other people to like me or trying to be the best friend and the therapist and the friend who helped you move and whatever I could do to receive validation because I didn't feel 
value in myself. I always needed to come from the outside. So since I've been doing this work, my relationship to myself has really changed. But every time I'm up-leveling and I'm expanding, that's the kind of test or the kind of trigger that comes in to see if I'm going to take a step back and let the other person like take something from me or if I'm going to shrink myself or not speak up in a situation where I know that my voice is valuable. Yeah, so that's been my biggest block. And I, I kind of feel like it's everybody's biggest block in, in one way or another. But definitely, that's the one. I totally agree with that. My biggest block is very similar, but it's in the fact of like codependency and like needing other people's approval. And I think it's just not entrusting myself and trusting my own instinct and having for so many years people saying like, oh, that's weird or you shouldn't do that. And it's always normally like not within the perimeters or like I'm off like the beaten path. And I guess that makes sense because I'm an MG, but what I'm interested in, what I love to do is just like non-conventional or it's like super risk-taking as well as even in my upbringing though, that was very like codependent. And so when you guys heard me like in taking this job, like having my dad's approval was really big. And now I'm seeing even in my life now being tested in so many aspects, still with family, still with friends around codependency. That's such a huge one. Yeah. And then Grace, what about you? Yeah, similar to Antoinette, I think one of the biggest blocks or sort of themes that I have uncovered doing this work is, you know, stopping plugging my self-worth and sense of validation into other people in terms of like asking for a million opinions. Like, um, you know, when I was going to quit my job at first, my mom was like, no, no, don't do that. This company's offered you this salary, like you'll never be able to make that much. And like, I did quit and I did make double that amount, you know, and I remember growing up, I was always someone who would ask 10 million friends, like, what do you think I should do about this guy? Or do you think I should move here? And I am a super spontaneous person. I'm a manifester and I'm also an Aries and I'm very strong willed. And if I want to do something, I usually just go for it. And I think I had a lot of shame around that for a while. Like, am I being too spontaneous or flippant or just like going in a million directions and, you know, not landing anywhere congruent. But I think what I realized is letting go of any shame or judgment or plugging my self-worth into other people's opinions has helped me sort of watch my own patterning and listen to my intuition and, you know, see that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because I always listened to my gut and, and went for those opportunities. So now I really like don't listen to anybody's advice. And I know there's some sage people like Atara that you should listen to, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's been, it's been freeing to stop you know, asking my mom and asking my friends and asking my neighbor and whoever, and really just know that by following those pings and trusting my own intuition that, you know, I am moving in the direction I'm supposed to go. Oh my gosh. And then being an Aries and a manifester, and now you're trusting your intuition, like things are just super speed for you. Oh yeah. Insanity. Well, things are like always changing and showing up in my life in a very rapid way. And I think you know, sometimes I'm sharing it with people and I'm like, wow, like this is overwhelming <laughs> or like, does anyone want to hear about this? But when you do follow those pings and you go for things and you follow your gut, it's very expansive for other people too. So as a manifester too, my strategy is like to inform, um, you know, to keep telling people what I'm doing. And so I'm viewing that as, you know, my contribution in that sense. Love that biggest block. Okay. So I would probably say like shifting into a more secure attachment. When I initially thought of answering this, I was like, oh, my trust issues. Cause I used to have trust issues in relationships in the past and really healing those wounds and moving from choosing partners that were not worth my trust to choosing partners that are worth my trust. And um, navigating all of that. And actually someone had asked, you know, how did I shift into the secure attachment. And I think I talk a little bit about it on um, a recent supported reprogramming episode. But basically, it was a lot of like going in and everything I saw as like a threat to my trust or something that like I might not be safe in reprogramming that as to safety, especially knowing that I was, you know, with a partner that was safe and all of those things. But I think it even spreads beyond that because even though I was able to heal it throughout relationships, it's also about like 
trusting that I'm okay with or without a partner. I'm okay with a job without a job. Like my identity isn't dictated or validated based off of those things and just really leaning into I can be secure without these other sources of identity. That's just such a huge one. And really quick, Jessica, can you like give an example of like how you reprogram that? Oh, yes. Okay, this is going back like way far. And this is like such a low self-worth behavior that I was doing. But noticing like who a boyfriend was following on Instagram and if it was like a hot chick or blah, blah, blah. And if they liked the photos, I'm sure we've all been there at some point or another. Basically, what I was telling myself was, A, I need to keep tabs on this person, which is showing a lack of trust. And B, it was like self-sabotaging in a way because I was looking to be validated of like proving that they wouldn't like the photo or they wouldn't follow the Instagram model or whatever it was. And so it's like twofold. Like I had to one check, like, is this the right partner for me that they're, you know, doing this behavior? But two, why do I need to check? Why do I need to look into this? And what meaning am I giving them liking a photo of someone? You know, does that mean that they don't like me? Am I saying that they can't appreciate another beauty in another individual? And does that mean I'm not safe in my relationship anymore? And so going back in and sort of like reprogramming all of that stuff and giving myself, you're safe. What's the worst case that can happen? Okay, worst case that can happen is I'm cheated on. Well, you know what? I've been cheated on before and I'm just fine now. So I can move through it. I'm safe. I'm allowed to be free and trust in this relationship And then it moved into, you know, a relationship with my now partner who unfollowed all models before we even started dating. So it didn't even come up where it was something that I had to worry about. You know, like I didn't even have to ask. I wasn't checking. It wasn't it didn't show up anymore. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, vulnerability hangover is coming. (laughs) But yeah, so that was how I kind of moved through all of that. But that's so amazing because I feel like a lot of people do have trust issues. And I think that's so perfect that you're able to explain it and be expansive in that way. So definitely. And I also feel like the kind of way that I try to live every day now, and listen, I'm far from perfect, but is whenever I'm triggered by something, I really lean into it. And I really acknowledge how I'm feeling and ask myself what about this person, even this Instagram person is triggering to me? Are they really owning their sexuality? And where am I not owning my sexuality? And like, what is my personal sexual expression? Is it repressed? And I really just go and I journal about all of this stuff over and over. And then I take it through the magnetic self DI and see myself having that aspect integrated and letting my family support that around me and have our our house be open and free in whatever the area that I felt blocked was. And it's such an empowering way to navigate through any kind of trigger or any kind of block. And then also, like along with that, just having some boundaries, like we let ourselves go down the rabbit hole of temptation and like throw off our nervous systems and make us all upset. And we ruin our own days. We go into this rabbit hole of low self-worth for no reason. So I think also creating some more mindful practices around, you know, how we, we use social media and things like that. Like in my own experience, I don't follow any models and I don't even really follow any suitors or anything. It's really just inspirational quotes. But I've really curated my Instagram experience to be something that's non-triggering. So maybe that means I'm avoiding something that might be triggering. But at the same time, I'm protecting my own energy. So coupled with the reprogramming aspect, I think taking action can be a powerful thing to do. Definitely. Yeah. And I think what you said too, Grace, about who is your authentic magnetic self, like that was so key for me of of recognizing like, okay, here's my authentic code. Checking my partner's Instagram is not part of it. <laughs> like <laughs> that is not a behavior that my most authentic self would do at all. So why am I continuing that behavior? And how can I sort of shift closer to my authentic self and know that I'm worthy of being that person now? It doesn't need to be me in five years. It can be me now and I can start shifting into it. Totally. Okay, next question. What are you currently manifesting? What's on your list? What are you calling in? What are you excited about? Okay, this is always a hard question once you're in the work for a while, because I think 
we're all in a very similar place where we've unblocked, we've expanded, we're integrated, and we're not really making lists anymore. And we just kind of have the idea and the way that we are living our life is we put an intention out there or an idea and we just know it's going to come and we're in complete trust around that. So I don't make a list anymore. I just, I literally will say, oh, I want to learn about astrology. Then all of a sudden I'm having like an astrology reading with one of the top astrologers like 48 hours later. It's a hard question to answer because we're just in a different place now. We're so magical. But one thing that I, I want is a Peloton bike. Oh my gosh, Antoinette, you have to move out here because I actually have a Peloton bike and I never even really use it. So like, I'd love for you to use it if you come out here. No way. Oh, no way. Yes, real-time manifestation. (laughs) I'm so excited. Seriously. I I literally was like, I'm either going to manifest it here in Chicago and have to take it with me to LA or I'll find it in LA and here we go. So excited. I know another incentive for you to come out. And my mom was visiting recently and she was using the Peloton and she was like, Hmm, doesn't look like you're using it very much. So (laughs) happy to pass it along to you. Wait, this is amazing. Oh, yes. A manifestation come through guys live on the podcast. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child, and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. some we had a lot of like specific manifestation questions from people so let's go into some of them I find it so hard to not control every thought during the DIs any advice yes get into a state of relaxation like I am a stressed individual like when I get a massage they're like ma'am please relax and I'm like I am relaxed so (laughs) I like take baths long showers and do like a short mini meditation before. And I know everyone doesn't always have time for this, but if you're a stressed individual, find that one thing that really calms you before you get into your DI, because then you just allow it to take you from there. I pretty similar, actually. I always recommend, especially to clients, because so many people, their ego starts getting in the way. And it tries to tell them, we don't need to do this. Like, come on, we can't walk up the mountain. We can't do this. Oh, I don't know what my place in nature is. And so I always recommend when people have this, I have like a resistance meditation that I tell them to do where they set a timer starting with five minutes, but working up to 15, where they're in complete silence, laying just in corpse pose, no shoes on. So they feel slightly vulnerable. And the whole goal is to not try to control your thoughts but try to control your body because so much of us, our body is living for us and we're an autopilot. And when you do this, what you'll find, and I just had a client two days ago who was like, that was so crazy. And it really helped me be able to tap into the DIs because she sat and one minute in, because I say, if you have an itch on your head, 
you don't scratch it. Even if you're sitting there the whole time being like, I have an itch, I have an itch, I have an itch in my head, because what's happening is you're actually using mind over matter and you're taking control back. And in turn, she's like, my hand was itching, then my whole arm itched, then this, then my sheet started feeling itchy. And she's like, and I made it through it. And she's like, once I did this a few times, it completely broke me out of that. And I'm able to really sink in now. Wow. Well, even in the Dr. Joe episode, like he talks a lot about how when he was first trying to do his meditations, he would have all these fear based thoughts sink in, sink in. He's like, oh, what if this? What if this? What if this? And after like weeks of practicing it, it's like your attention span for just presence and not hopping back to the past or into the future are as relevant and they don't come up. You know, you're you're creating that neural pathway of presence and it is a muscle. Definitely, because anyone who's tried to sit and meditate, especially if you do a silent meditation, a minute into it, you're like, I'm bored, get up, get up. And that voice comes in for everybody, just so everyone knows, like, it's not just exclusive to you. But when you really start to push through it, and not listen to that voice, that's when stuff really starts happening. And then you can relax and you can sink into it. But you just have to break through that little bit of ego. Totally. Everyone's probably read that book, The Untethered Soul, but it's all about, you know, how you are not your thoughts and you can view your thoughts as sort of like an inner roommate and you know that they're an inner roommate because you are the one viewing them. And I think also, you know, as a conscious daily practice, starting to get familiar with this idea that your thoughts are not you. So you don't need to shame yourself for not being able to drop in or not being able to focus or feeling like you're all over the place because that is not who you are. And I think even starting to have conscious awareness around that and the separation between your thoughts and you will help bring you into that DI practice. And Atara, I don't know if you approve of this, but I was just thinking about how like this sense of resistance that comes up when we do a DI, like I also experience that when I'm trying to do a workout alone. And something that can mitigate that is doing a workout in a group. And we've even gone up to the retreat house as a group before and like laid there together and, and done a DI. And I wonder like if you got with your partner or a friend or even, you know, tried to do a DI in a state where you had some accountability right next to you. I know it's a hard time to be close to people right now, but that could maybe put you in like more accountability state just to try a few times and see, you know, if it feels differently than when you're just laying there and you feel like, you know, you're the one who's having to really discipline yourself to stay in the exercise. I think that's amazing, actually. And even like doing that over Zoom with people, even if you have your private headphones on just for the accountability, if that's what you need. I mean, the ultimate goal is to be able to hold yourself accountable and want to do this for yourself. So many of us have been living in a constant state of stress and anxiety, and we haven't held ourselves accountable and we don't have that relationship to self yet. So we don't know how to push through. So having accountability, at least in the beginning, where you are syncing up with a person is a great way to make you be in that situation and to have that person get the same benefit. And then ultimately, the goal would be for you to be able to start doing it yourself once you kind of break through that barrier. Absolutely. And we had a team session with Kiki, the opulent witch, who will be on the podcast next week. So look out for that. But during the team session, she had us go into like a meditative state through Zoom, a Zoom call, and we were all on the video. And so it was like this really interesting practice of like, are we going to lay down and like really surrender when we're on this Zoom call when everyone can watch us? And it's like, okay, we got to keep our eyes closed. And I, the beginning of it, I kept peeking my eye open. I was like, is everyone doing it? (laughs) I was so in it. Do you remember when we got out of it? Everybody was talking and I was just like doughy eyed and like smiling. And I had this like inner giggle kind of like trapped. And then when it came my turn to talk, I remember saying like, I almost didn't want to talk because I don't want to lose this feeling because it was so amazing. Oh, so cool. All right. This one came up and this is something we get a lot through the community. And tonight you probably see this come up a lot, but you know, a lot of our members are in their twenties and thirties. What advice do we have for moms or dads, anyone who's also 45 plus, what advice would you give on how to navigate the work, support, all of that stuff? Where should they be looking and how can they move through things? I'll take this for to start because a lot of my clients are actually in their 50s and 60s and also 40s. But being a mom in particular is such a responsibility and such a job. And 
people are depending on us constantly. And it's so easy to lose that relationship with yourself when you're in that. And a lot of my clients that I talk to, you know, they wanted to have a baby and then go back to work. And then all of a sudden, eight years later, they're trying to get back in the workforce, but they're feeling insecure. They kind of lost sense of who they were and they start having all of these doubts about their capabilities. And it's just really understanding that you didn't lose any time, right? And this is what I say to them. They're like, I could have done this and I could have done this. And a lot of people get to the point where they're even slightly resentful of their partner or of their child because they feel like they gave up such a huge piece of their life. But we all have an opportunity to shift at any time in our life that we want to, whether that's a career change, whether that's a divorce, a relationship ending, having a baby who grows up and then goes to school and you're rediscovering yourself. And we can't hold ourselves in the past and make ourselves feel bad because we really have this moment to be whatever it is that we want to be. And expanders are a great place to start with this. We have so many magnetic meetup groups now uh, for the wise community. And specifically, four of my clients have a group that is just moms who are transitioning back into the workforce. And that's really the way, like having that connection so that you feel connected to something bigger. And then you can understand that this isn't just you and you can help each other navigate through that. And another thing I would say in regards to just interacting with our brand and, you know, our Instagram posts and our content is I think so many times people at the packaging get in the way of the message. Whereas like, if you're really reading something that we've written and maybe it's about dating and you're not in a dating phase of your life, instead of saying, oh, I'm not dating and disregarding it, maybe try and look at like, what is the core essence of what we're trying to say? And how can that apply in my marital relationship or in my divorce or, you know, in my relationship with my child? Because I think so many things that we're talking about are just concepts and they can be applied in so many different phases and stages of life. And yes, a lot of times it's helpful to contextualize them with examples, but ultimately these teachings are so universal. And just because, you know, a 30-something is telling their story doesn't mean that there isn't so much meaning and message in there for everybody. And we're always trying to diversify and bring on, you know, all ages, shapes and sizes, cultural backgrounds and everything so that we can feel that we connect with every audience because we do want you to have this work in a way that feels expansive and relatable. But also there's a little bit of magic you can take from every single post if you just try and drill down on the essence as opposed to looking at like the packaging. Yeah. And I think, well, one, just putting out a CTA to any moms out there who are manifesting, please submit for process episodes. We would love to have you on. We'd love to hear how you interact with the work. And I think a lot of times with the process episodes, people might get a bit intimidated because they think, oh, I have to have manifested a new house or a new career or whatever. You could have manifested a new relationship to self. You know, you could have manifested a new relationship to your child. It could be those things that maybe you don't give yourself credit for that really help shift and expand other people as well. So just putting that out there for any moms or any of our wise community to submit. Yeah. And it's a great point that, you know, when we're talking about manifestation, always, we're never just talking about manifesting a new car or a new apartment. It's sort of like coming into a new state of being, you know, manifest just means to bring something to you or to become something like we're manifesting all the time, even if we don't call it manifestation. So yeah, please submit your transformation stories and how your relationship shift or how you set a boundary and it set things into motion for you because this manifestation practice is much beyond, you know, manifesting a new code. And it's really about, you know, coming into your highest sense of self. Definitely. And even if it's you don't feel your story's complete yet, there's someone else who's in your position who hasn't even started that can take inspiration from even the smallest thing. Yes. I legit was just going to say that because I see that so many times with either in the community group or within the DMs and I'm like, please submit. And they're like, well, no, I, it's not complete yet. And it's like, but you just express to me or Lacey or whomever to the group that your story, which we thought was so impactful. And just because it's not in this perfect bow, life is not in a perfect bow. So I feel like everyone can learn 
from your journey. Like you're not the only one who's in this journey alone. So please submit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. How do I break a pattern where I feel the urge to take action, but I'm paralyzed by fear? You just have to take the action. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Start small though. Yeah. I was going to say like, what's like an, I mean, yes, take the action, but like what's an actionable tool? Because essentially if you boil this down, when you're paralyzed by fear and you're unable to take action, usually you know the action you're supposed to take and you're facing resistance again and again and again, and you're kind of like self-sabotaging to take the action. So I would say that when you recognize that you're not taking the action and you're doing procrastination or perhaps like productive procrastination is another thing people like to do as well, where they're still avoiding that one task, but they're doing a bunch of other things. So they still feel productive. Cleaning while you're supposed to be doing your homework. Exactly. (laughs) So I would say that when you recognize you're doing that, pull out your journal prompts and jump into a DI because something else is coming up and you need to address, like don't lose that energy because it's kind of notifying you, hey, you're not looking at something and you need to work through this fear internally and then you have the space to take the action. And I think a literal actionable step that I'm going to piggyback off of that with is this is connected to what we were talking about before of your thoughts aren't facts and your thoughts actually aren't even you. So, so many of us, and trust me, like I was the king of this for the majority of my life. All of the action happened in my head and it was all negative. And it was just reinforcing the doubt and the like scarcity and the fear and all the negatives. So one thing I always like to tell people to do is take that thought that's in your head and put it on paper. How are you feeling right now? What is actually real? And what are you exacerbating in your mind? And just really trust whatever comes out because sometimes putting it on paper makes you remove that energy from yourself and you could look at it in a black and white way instead of completely attaching all of your emotion into it by cycling it in your head. And then something like Answers and Clarity is a great DI that you could hop into to really like get to the root of it. And the action doesn't have to be jumping off a huge cliff. The action could literally be acknowledging that this is an issue, putting it on paper and starting to kind of reverse engineer how you're feeling and see what parts are real and what aren't and what part is fear and what part is just excitement that you haven't realized it's exciting because we get so confused when we keep everything in our mind. I completely agree with that, Tara. And then also, I'm not always a journal prompter. Like I don't always like to write things down because sometimes it gets a little bit more confusing for me. So I literally take out my phone and I'll either do a voice note or like the mic and record my thoughts. Very similar to the journal prompt, but like, let's say you're in the middle of something and you have this really big fear that's happening. One of mine, just to give you guys an example, is money. Like at first of all, I was so fearful of money. I would avoid paper bills in the mail because I'm like, everything comes automatically out. So like, I wouldn't touch my mail for like a month. And I realized that it was because I had an unhealthy relationship with money. And so I really spoke that out instead of having these thoughts in my head and being like, oh, is there going to be a big bill that I can't afford to pay or whatever? I was able to journal or speak it out into my voice note as to why I was fearful to clear that thought, but then made the action step of every single day I get mail, I'm going to open it right away. And there's nothing to be fearful of when you take that first small actionable step, you remove the fear in it. And I think it's really important to start small before, like Atara said, jump off this huge cliff. If you're ready to jump off the huge cliff, do it. But if you're not, I say figure out a small actual step that you can do. Totally. Yeah. And I guess expanders come in here pretty big too. Like, you know, if you're afraid to break up with someone or afraid to, you know, tell your family that you're moving across the country, can you find expanders of people who have had harmonious breakups or who have had harmonious times, you know, telling their family they're moving across the country. And at the same time, can you expand yourself? You know, when are all the times in the past that you did something that scared you and the results were great? You know, what did you get on the other side of that? And if you're afraid to tell someone something or set a boundary, were they really that mad at you? I think kind of reality checking yourself and seeing like, is what I'm scared of actually even realistic is really helpful. A hundred percent. And I think so many times 
It's so important to go in and really face the core fear of what you're really afraid of in that situation because fear really is the roommate in your head that doesn't pay rent. It's not helping. It's not giving you anything good. And it lives there and festers and festers and festers. And the sooner that we can kind of go in and be like, wow, what am I really afraid of? Okay, maybe in a financial thing, I'm afraid of not having money, not being able to provide for myself and feeling unsuccessful and not strong enough to survive, let's say. Give yourself space to feel that, whether it's jumping into a DI, doing a meditation, like really kind of grieve and feel that fear and let that emotion come to the surface. And as soon as you can move through it, you can release it and let it go and be like, okay, wait a second. Is this fear even likely, like Grace was saying, you know, how can I cope if that happens? What will happen? How can I create a plan of how I would still be fine no matter what? And then just give yourself that trust back. Okay. And just a couple of quick ones. What is your favorite DI? Atara, kick us off. My favorite DI is the Health and Body DI. I listen to that all the time whenever I'm feeling heavy, and I find it to just like really help me connect with myself and just free up my energy. I do that one probably more than any of the other ones. Grace, what about you? Well, I just want to give a big shout out to the Free Clarity DI because that is an awesome tool to get your foot in the door with this work and get started. And we did a lot of work around how journal prompts should be structured for the Clarity DI. And this almost ties back to our last question that, you know, a lot of lack of clarity ties back to fear and procrastination. So if you are having fears come up or you are procrastinating, figuring out what your purpose or clarity is, that's an awesome one to check out and one that I like to revisit and we'll actually be recording a new one soon. And Antoinette? Mine is the Magnetic Self DI and the Emotional Clearing DI. The Magnetic Self, I do almost every single day just so I can show up for our community as my highest self. And then the Emotional Clearing so great to really shake off the day or any triggers or pent up energy that you might have and needing to release. What about you? I love the Prosperity DI. I really like the idea of just like connecting with your expanders, connecting with your abundance, all of that. And I really love the Triggers DI. That is my go-to when I'm feeling any type of thing that isn't joy or bliss. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's go through it. So that would be my recommendation on that. And do you guys dive into the DIs immediately or do you wait? For me, it depends on what the timing looks like. So thankful that we're able to work remote. And so if I don't have a call right after and I'm feeling a little funky, I will just take 20 minutes and jump right in. But if I feel like uh, I don't really have the time or space to really dive into that right now, maybe it's a little bit heavier of a trigger or something, I will just take any little notes I need to do to remember it in my phone, in my notes pad, and uh, hop back in like later that evening or maybe the next morning. I try and jump into the DI as soon as I can. And if I can, if I'm out somewhere and something really triggers me, I will open my voice notes and just say exactly how I'm feeling, exactly what happened. So then when I go home and I do the DI, I can listen to the emotional state that I was in and I can hear the tone of my voice to kind of reconnect to how that made me feel initially. Mm. Yeah, the tone of your voice is everything. And last little tip from us, what is one thing you wish you would have known when you started the inner work with TBM work? What advice would you give your your younger self just diving into this experience? The tip that I would give to myself is that it's not as scary as I think it's going to be. It's more liberating than it is scary because I've really procrastinated on doing this work and didn't really dive in until I personally hit a rock bottom. And I didn't have to do that. I knew about the work and I wanted to do the work, but I had to get to a breaking point to actually do the work. And it was because it was scary. Um, and it's actually more liberating. So that's what I would tell myself. And Grace, what about you? Yeah, I think when this is one of the things that Heather talks about a lot in terms of like, if, if the way we're recommending it isn't working for you, try a different way, you know, do a DI in a different location or time it a different way in your schedule. Um, one 
thing that would have worked for me really well when I was starting would have been working with a coach because I'm truly somebody that just wants to talk it out with someone. And I'm not saying that just because I want to promote our coaches, but truly I would rather have a coaching session than like read a lot of material. So if you're anyone like me, definitely recommend, you know, utilizing the coaches or a QA service because it's such a quick way to hone in on what your blocks are or talk out how you're feeling and get to the bottom of what workshop you should be doing and really get that customized recommendation. I remember years ago when Lacey was taking sessions and she was sold out forever. And I was like, damn, I should have booked one because I hate reading and, and really following instructions. So to the person who's just starting out, if coaching is something that calls to you and you're the same type of learner as me, I would definitely utilize that. And if not, or if it's out of your budget or whatever, I think stop putting so much pressure on yourself to do everything perfectly and just sort of listen to whatever flow feels best for you. Love that. And I'm not going to piggyback on that, obviously, because I'm partial in this situation. But <laughs> but it is it is a great time, even in the beginning, because this work can be so tailored to exactly what somebody needs. And sometimes we can't find that clarity in ourselves completely. But what my tip would be is if you are having a hard time connecting, if you aren't manifesting and you've been doing the work for a while, please go back and go through everything slowly. And really lean into it. And if you feel like you're not getting the most out of a day, go back to it again. Sit in the daily work for a few weeks at the end of the workshop because that is the best way to unblock. It's the best way to reinforce. And even though so many of us come into this and we're like, okay, I did inner child shadow, unblock no, unblock money, unblock love, where are my manifestations? And it's more just ticking a box. And I promise you, the slower you go, the more you connect, the faster you are going to manifest, even if you didn't do all of the workshops yet. So be patient with yourself and lean into it and go through it with ease. And I guess also just a quick thing off there, as you're quote unquote trying to manifest, once you start doing this work, probably what you think you're calling in will completely shift and change. So that's something I would tell anybody who's beginning too is like, Maybe you're setting out with the intention to manifest an apartment, but you're just going to turn into a completely different, up-leveled version of yourself and who knows, you know, what's in store. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to kind of end on that note, like I know the first time I was manifesting something really, really big and I had had a bunch of small things come through, but the big thing was taking so, so long. And I had a moment in that magic dark where I was like, holy shit, what if I've been turning down other, you know, opportunities and all this stuff? And what if it's not going to come through? What if it's not really there? And all that fear just kind of took over for a moment. And or the advice I would have given myself is that it works like stay the course, continue the unblocking, continue the expanding, continue to pass the tests you're going to be taken care of. And I wish we had, you know, the coaches Q&A or even coaches at the time because I needed that extra reinforcement. Like, is this okay? Am I going to be okay? Is everything going to work out? Because I think before you have something big come through, there's so much fear of like, I don't know if this is, what if this is wrong? Like, what if I did the wrong thing? And just have the faith, figure out where that fear comes from, you know, and just, continue on the path and it will connect with you. It is so, so, so possible. We've seen it thousands and thousands of times at this point. Definitely. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today on the podcast. We covered a ton of questions. Feel free. I'll put everyone's social media handles in the show notes. So feel free to connect with Atar, Grace, and Antoinette on IG or in our Pathway community group. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And we are just so honored and feel so lucky to get to serve and help this community in every way possible. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Bye, guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. 
The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.